One of the biggest advantages that conservatives have is their media presence. Conservatives have a wealth of radio talk shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels that allow them to effectively spread their message. We should have the same on the left as well. This is why I want you to go to growleft.liberaldan.com. We are at a turning point in the history of this country. There is no reason why the ultra-conservatives and MAGA-types should be as successful as they have been. Extremist conservative ideas are unpopular, while left-wing ideas like Medicare for All, abortion rights, and marriage equality are at all-time highs. But they have the messaging, and we need to build up our radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to fight back against their extremist conservative messages. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you give a contribution at growleft.liberaldan.com, you will be doing two things. That money will be spent advertising causes on the left, like body autonomy, marriage equality, voting rights, and in support of or opposition of candidates. And that commercial airtime will be spent on smaller shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to help them grow larger and be more successful. We get to kill two birds with one stone, but I can't do it alone. I need your help. So please go to growleft.liberalband.com and make your contribution today. That's growleft.liberalband.com. Growleft.liberalband.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131, and you can uh, leave uh, leave your phone number in the YouTube chat, uh, youtube.com slash liberalbandradio in the live chat going on with the podcast, just to let me know who you are and where you're calling from, just to make sure we uh, um, give me your like the area code you're calling from, so make sure I know that it's somebody who is trusted and not a uh, rando making some horrible statements like we had a few weeks back. Anyway, you could also, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, et cetera, over on the show thread at liberaldan.com at facebook.com slash liberaldan at liberaldan radio on Twitter, or here on YouTube on the thread of the video. And if you want to support liberal day and radio, there's many ways to do so. You can, uh, become a Liberal Day and Radio patron. Uh, go to patreon.liberaldan.com or Patreon or li- patreon.com slash liberaldan. Either way will get you there. And you could uh, you know, subscribe monthly, as low as three bucks a month. You can also buy me a cider. Go to liberaldan.com, click the buy me a cider button, or go to buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldan radio. And you can uh, do a one-time payment, or you can just Venmo me at liberaldan. It's at liberaldan. I think it's not at liberaldan radio. I think it's just at liberaldan, but there's QR codes there. So you can use that as well. Um, and finally, uh, if you can't afford to support the show financially, you could always, you know, watch videos, share videos with your friends and make sure if you haven't already done so subscribe to the channel and like the videos as well. Uh, so that is the, uh, those are the ways you can support the show. I'm, 
I'm still trying to truck and get to that thousand subscriber level so that once I hit that, I can, uh, I can start monetizing the channel. We can start getting subscriptions here as well. Because the final way you could also support me is I do gaming stuff on nerdydan.com. And if you go to nerdydan.com on Twitch, twitch.tv slash nerdydan, D-O-T-C-O-M, uh, you can uh, follow me there. You can uh, subscribe to the channel. If you have uh, Amazon Prime, you can do that for free. Uh, if you have Google Rewards, the Google Rewards app, you could also use that uh, to it, it, to generate funds to then pay uh, money towards uh, subscriptions and other things you want to buy on uh, on maybe the Google Play Store or what have you. Um, but I've recently been using it to pay for cheers and bits and other stuff like that. And I'm going to make a video for nerdydan.com sometime soon um, showing how to do that so to make sure people see how to do that as well. Um, so lots of different places, lots of different ways you can support the show. Um, let's just get to the business. At the bottom half of the hour, uh, we're going to be having a gentleman, Sandy Modell, and we will be talking about his book. Um, and his book is, describes uh, the circumstances pertaining uh, to the, uh, the death of his son and that the police believe is a murder uh, but has not been charged as a murder. And we're going to try and look and see why that is the case and how far up the ladder uh, the corruption goes in the state of Florida. And if you look at the title of the show, you could probably see how high it goes. Um, you know, it is, wait, sorry, that's, that's, that's Trump's it line. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, so... But the first thing, well, a few weeks back, we did talk about uh, the sovereign citizen movement, particularly as it pertains to uh, Daryl Brooks Jr., uh, because he was causing all sorts of problems because he didn't want the, the court-appointed attorneys to represent him. He wanted to be able to represent himself uh, because he, and he you know, questioned the ability or the, or the he questioned the, the the ability of the court to have um, what you call it to be able to make rulings on, pertaining to him because he is a sovereign citizen or with all the crazy stuff that those sovereign citizens say. Uh, so he, you know, he was his own attorney, and uh, you know what they say about uh, you know person who has a person who represents himself in court has a fool for a client, and this is no different. The jury was only there for three hours. And they found him guilty on all counts, a first degree, especially the first degree murder. Let's see. Need to say nerdy Dan slowly. It's not dirty Dan. Well, sometimes uh, when we get uh, Aaron and myself and some, sometimes Jolie, uh, there's been some times where there's been some very questionable things in Disney's Dreamlight Valley, the Disney Dreamlight Valley game, where we have found some double entendres and some things that just didn't sound completely right or maybe sounded that, that weren't intended to be dirty and we made them that way. So yes, we, we find ways to make it dirty, but hey. So that's Robert Reynolds. Hey, hey Crimson. Hey Jeff. Hey Alarasia. Kinky Streets. Welcome all. Thank you for joining us, Joe. Uh, hey Demonox. Thank you for joining as well. The first Liberal Dan Radio patron. Uh, Demonox. Uh, World According to Knox podcast. Um, any episodes coming up? I know, I know that I know there's there's one cranking in the head. I just don't know when it's coming out into the into the interwebs, as some people would say. But anyway, um, but yeah, Darryl Brooks was found guilty 
on all counts, uh, including six counts of first-degree murder. I would be, I think, life imprisonment with no parole when it comes to that. Um, I want to see if I can find the exact wording of what happened in the court. Um, there's a question here. How do you begin to describe what it was like going up against Brooks, defending him, representing himself? Uh, did you change your strategy? And legally change the strategy, certainly because there is an appeal we have to do. He can make a mistake in the courtroom and get a new trial, and we have to pay the price for that. As far as handling the actual court proceedings, we felt very offended by his behavior, his disrespect of the court, the decorum, the family is insulting the judge, blah, blah, blah. There was, what was the, there was some word that they, that they asked something of the attorneys, of the prosecutor, um, and he was like, what does that mean, or something like that, which, you know, just specifically spells out exactly the problem with him defending himself was. So, yeah, Trucker John, yes, that's the guy that drove the car into people during the Christmas parade at Waka, in Wakaja. Uh, they, uh, he will be, I'm sure there will be some sort of appeal. I don't know if he's going to file the appeal himself because, again, he's his own attorney and uh, he didn't seem to want to accept the help. I don't know. I mean, I guess he would, if, if he can't do it, I guess he would have to get a court-appointed attorney to do it. But, like, again, it doesn't seem like He's very adept at these things, and um, clearly, because he's not a lawyer, he's not an attorney, he doesn't know how to do this stuff, he does, he's not familiar with proper procedure, and he's a nut job for you know, believing the whole sovereign citizen crap. So there's that. Um, here's the thing, mental issues is a thing, but then do you, I guess he didn't plead guilty by reason of insanity, and since he didn't do that, I don't think that can be brought up on appeal as to, but I guess maybe it could be brought up on appeal that he had uh, an attorney uh, with a diminished mental capacity, thus granting a new trial. I don't know. I mean, it would be ridiculous if that's ultimately what he went for is like my, my, my attorney was not in the right state of mind. Therefore I didn't have adequate legal representation. And as such, I couldn't adequately be represented in court. I mean, who knows what games he's going to play with that. He showed absolutely contempt for the court. Um, Cynthia from Texas shared and smashed that like good. That's right. You tell that, you tell that like button who's boss, Cynthia. Um, Let's see. He also claimed that try to claim his vehicle may have lost control. Like as a hypothetical, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, I'm surprised to be like, well, did anybody prove it was me in the car or whatever? Um, wasn't the, the but was it the corporate version of himself according to the sovereign citizens? Uh, yeah, I, I I was watching some of those cases, some of those hearings, and it was like watching a train wreck because I couldn't take my eyes off of it. But I felt really sorry for that judge uh, because she was absolutely uh, showing absolute restraint with him, and it was it's a good thing we live in the day of the internet where you can connect with Zoom and you can. Uh, you can have those types of things because they were able to um, avoid his lack of decorum by just shunting him into a different room, into a different courtroom, allowing him the ability to see uh, the proceedings if he wished to pay attention to them and allowing him to ask the questions of witnesses that he would want to without him being able to disrupt uh, the goings on in the courtroom because he was just a disruptive person. 
Let's see. For some reason, some of my right-wing friends on YouTube seem to especially into watching this trial, too. Well, I mean, it it goes, you know, anytime the right wing can find somebody that can, they can point at and say, look, black person do bad, that they're going to jump all over that, especially when they can do things like try and, you know, you had uh, Kamala Harris about, you know, or supporting uh, the bail funds. And we talked about bail funds previously on the show with a bail bondsman from uh, Texas and um, people who want to eliminate cash bail. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's so weird. Well, it's, that shouldn't be weird. I guess it's, it's ridiculous how some of these people manipulate the laws that are being passed that eliminate cash bail. And they're presenting them as, oh, they're going to get rid of bail. So people are just going to go free. Well, no, not everybody's going to go free. It's just elimination of cash bail basically says your ability to pay bail is not going to dictate whether or not you get to walk free before your trial or not. It's whether or not you're a danger to the community or not, which would determine whether or not you have to pay bail. So therefore, it's taking away the advantage, one advantage that a rich person might have in a, in a dangerous case where that person is, poses a potential danger uh, to the community and the people around him. Uh, but, but of course, they're going to be against that. But um, there were some people who did want to pay for uh, Brooks's bail with some of these bail funds money. And then, you know, I think GoFundMe took that down, took those, took those incidents down because of how clearly egregious his actions were in pertaining to uh, the murders and other assaults and other injuries that took place on uh, that day during the parade. So, um, Sometimes conservatives will find strange bedfellows. Conservatives gathering around Kanye West, or Ye, as, as I guess he likes to be uh, referred to now, um, because he came out and he started blabbling, babbling on about his Jews in the media thing. And of course, I had to roll my eyes. And I've said, I think I tweeted this before Kanye West ever said anything, where it's getting frustrating. Um, it's, it's, it's tiring. Like, I don't get tired. I'm annoyed at the fact that we have to continue to fight bigotry and racism, et cetera, but I don't necessarily get tired of doing that. I don't get tired of fighting, amplifying the voices of oppressed and marginalized cultures, uh, using my privilege to be able to elevate their voices and, and make their problems more well-known and fight the fights as, as they wish to fight because it's not something that's a burden on me. It's, I'm not being burdened by that oppression, by those, that oppression, that marginalization. So therefore, I'm not struggling under the weight of it. So therefore, it's not as, I guess, frustrating to me, even though deep down, it's, it's generally frustrating that we have to keep having these arguments over and over and over again. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining that completely correctly, but I hope you understand what I mean, is that you know, because it's not affecting me, it's, it's not just an added burden. But when it comes to stuff with dealing with anti-Semitism, that does get tiring. I get, I get very tired trying to deal with anti-Semitism because, you know, it, it has more, I guess, more potential to harm me. And therefore I'm having to, I'm being the target of it. So therefore I have to fight it even harder. I guess I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but the fact that it's, it's something against so as, so me as I was born um, adds to it and, and, and makes me very tired. 
um, if, if that makes sense or if any other questions about that. Hey, Kimchi, how's it going? Um, if anybody has any questions about that, just you know, put it in the chat and you know, you know, if, if I could explain it any better, I'll try. Um, but yeah, then Kanye West comes out with this crap, and then all of a sudden, one morning you have, and I didn't believe it at first. You had the the overpass with uh, Kanye West was right and talking about the, how horrible us Jews are or whatever. Um, and I didn't believe it at first. I, I had to go looking to see if it was legitimate. And then when I finally saw it on some you know reputable news sources and not just some meme post, I was like, well, here we go again. Another example of how. Um, Donald Trump getting elected office has emboldened anti-Semites and, and white supremacists, et cetera. Um, but the biggest problem, the most frustrating thing I have about it, oh boy, we got a sex bot. Yay. Huzzah. Um, does kimchi taste good? Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to taste kimchi, so I don't know. Oh, my. Anyway, so. White guy made mad. I don't know. Anywho, so one of the most frustrating things about this, though, is that black people and Jewish people uh, have a history of fighting together against oppression. Uh, you, you see pictures of the Dr. Martin Luther King marching for civil rights. A lot of the people behind him, a lot of the white people behind him were Jewish. A lot of the people that came down to fight, um, like the Philadelphia, Mississippi, and other places in the South to try and fight against um, these Jim Crow laws, against the racist policies in the South. A lot of those people were Jewish fighting against, you know, you know the oppression of black people because they know Jews, Jews know what it's like at some level to, to be oppressed, especially people who fled Germany, uh, fled Nazi Germany during World War II, and their immediate descendants would know uh, all about how horrible it, it can be to be an oppressed culture in a country. Um, you know, there was uh, historically black college and universities. Uh, they, they hired on many um, German scientists who were Jewish, who were fleeing Nazi Germany, because in order to come to America, you basically needed to prove that you had a job here. You couldn't just come here without expectation of just being taken care of. You had to prove that you could take care of yourself. So these colleges, you know, said, hey, come teach at our schools. And they did. And, I mean, it, it did good for those schools because you have highly qualified, brilliant people now teaching these courses <coughs> that other, may, perhaps otherwise they might not have gotten such high-caliber folks. But uh, it also was a very good thing. Uh, so when I see um, Jewish people being racist and when I see black people being anti-Semitic, it just frustrates me. It infuriates me because we are the two groups, two of the main groups, there's probably other groups, but two of the main groups that should be standing against white supremacist, neo-Nazi -Nazi garbage because we have the most to lose. And I had to, I had to fight on a friend's post the other, you know, the other day, you know, Basically, the person was saying, like, Kanye was right or whatever. And we, we went back and forth. And I was like, bro, they're not going to pick you, you know, or they will come for you next. It's not, uh, you know, they're not going to say, oh, he did the good thing for us. So we're going to keep him around. He's one of the, quote, good ones or whatever. They're not going to pick you. They're, once, they, once you're 
once you've proved your usefulness to them uh, and you, they have no longer have a use for you, they will toss you aside into the rubbish with the rest of us. So the idea that, you know, to see infighting amongst us only does the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis, um, it only helps them. It only helps them at all. Let me go ahead. I'm having a little bit of a, you know, tickle in my throat, starting to cough. So let's go ahead and take the first, where is it? Gosh, darn it. There it is. Take the first commercial break real quickly before our guest comes in. I want to talk about one brief issue before our guest calls in as well, uh, taking your calls as well. Uh, maybe not during the guest, but 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal Dan radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast.
Welcome back to Little Dan Radio. Talk for left. That's right. Shout out to Robert Reynolds for buying me a cider. Buymeacoffee.com slash Little Dan Radio or go to LittleDan.com and click the Buy Me a Cider button and you can uh, help support the show as well. Um, uh, one of the things I haven't done on my Patreon, uh, Patreon the other day is, is I haven't had, since I don't have a lot of people on the Patreon of seven, which I appreciate y'all, um, I haven't really been doing the voting on bits thing, but um, that I that I talk about in in the in the in the commercial. Uh, so eventually, at some point, we will do that in the uh, in in the Discord that we have for Liberal Dan Radio, and you get automatic access to the Discord if uh, you support the show via the Patreon. So, but again, shouts out to Wes, Jolie, Aaron, Chris, Cesar, and Demonox for being Liberal Dan Radio patrons, and also to uh, Julie. Uh, for being the first Liberal Day and Radio producer. She's at the producer level. So separate that out and, and, and highlight that as well. But again, thank you, Robert, for buying me this cider. Um, other folks like Aaron um, and uh, Gypsy uh, and Wes have also bought me ciders as well. So I appreciate that greatly. Um, before our guest comes on, we have about five minutes or so before he's scheduled to come on. Then we'll talk about one thing. Uh, there is a, a school a school board, like a special school district uh, for like special services for people needing education if they're deaf, people needing education if they're blind. Um, and so there's, I have a link to this on Facebook. You can read the full story, um, if you, the letter from the Louisiana Association of the Deaf um, website or Facebook page. This is on, this is linked to on, on the Liberal Dan Facebook page, facebook.com slash liberaldan. So um, basically, uh, there's a letter talking about what's going on uh, with the Louisiana Special School District. And uh, there's been attempts by the Louisiana Association for the Deaf to uh, uh, to talk about uh, actions by acting Superintendent Granier. Um and they have ignored all of the recommendations that they have given. Uh, they had somebody who was very well liked as the as the administrator at the time who was let go. And there's not has not been much clarity as to who um, as to why that individual was let go. But that person was highly qualified. Let's see. Most egregious action to date, Dr. Heather Lane has been terminated for charges that we believe will lose on the merits if taken to court. The aforementioned 2018 report stressed the need for qualified leaders with educational credentials, credentials, expertise, experience, and cultural competency to direct the growth and progress of the uh, special school district schools. Uh, Dr. Lane exemplifies those qualities. She had the support of the staff and students, and her integrity performance has never been called into question. Prior to Ms. Grainer's appointment as acting superintendent, the termination of such a well-respected and supported deaf leader uh, is the complete antithesis of what is, was recommended. Um, and the actions of Ms. Grainer, uh, Grainer, especially towards the faculty and staff who are deaf, gives the appearance that she is attacking in a systemic way all who use ASL. Um, Ms. Grainer and her CAO have made statements in meetings and classrooms that students will be thought to talk, period. Uh, their apparent disdain for ASL violates the rights of students and their parents who have chosen LSD to Louisiana School Special School District to provide a unique language-rich environment. Uh, her attempt to prioritize spoken English while encouraging the use of hearing aids and cochlear implants may be a, may be a violation of the students' IEPs and provisions of the Americans with Disability Act. Um, and Ms. Grainer 
uh, has also apparently, um, from what I've read about this, have, has gone to school meetings um, and has not brought an interpreter. And she is not somebody who is uh, knowledgeable of how to communicate uh, with ASL. So therefore, uh, you would think that somebody who can't communicate with ASL would want an interpreter with, and she never brought an interpreter um, with them. And we have the caller online in a second. We'll get to you in a minute. Let me just finish this up. Um, another thing that I found, though, when looking up, um, when looking up uh, Ms. Granier uh, about this, let me just see if I can find her on this page real quick. I had it. One uh, MFP Director Catherine Grenier back from 2018. Uh, Catherine Grenier is the same person who is now the uh, interim superintendent of the Louisiana Special School District. Uh, was then in charge of dealing with the Minimum Foundation Program or MFP funds, where they try and equitably give funds from the state of Louisiana as block grants to all of the parishes or counties for those outside of Louisiana. Um, so that to make sure that people can and get equi- that counties can get equitable funding to make sure that they're being funded as they need to be. Um, and apparently the, um, the boo-boo as this article called it, it was a $17 million boo-boo in MFP and not one legislature has any questions about it. And uh, apparently nobody wanted to talk about it and she was in charge of this when this happened. So there's sort of a level of incompetence there that uh, is, that goes on top of um, the per issues going on, whatever it is going down at the Louisiana special school district. It's baffling that somebody would want to run a special school district meant for people who are, uh, who are blind or who are deaf and they would not, that would not want to make sure that their head, they're, they're dealt with properly. And if she's violating the IEP, that's a big no-no. That is a big, big no-no. And I don't know what's, I don't know if they're trying to charter, chartify it or whatever, but it's ridiculous. I'm only covering this for a little bit today. If you want to read the full letter from the Louisiana Association of the Deaf, just go to facebook.com slash Dan and you, you will see the link there. Um, you'll see all of the stuff that they say. And hopefully uh, at some point after the election, I will be having a guest on uh, to talk about this issue further. But um, I did want to kind of point you all in that direction to kind of raise awareness of what is going on. Now, without further ado, we are going to, I didn't, I don't have to ask uh, if, if this caller in particular is, uh, is the, my guest because he's from Florida and I recognize the 407 uh, area code because 407 is the code that I call in for Disney. Um, uh, deals with 407 WD or whatever is the thing. Um, can you go ahead and uh, before Sandy, can you go ahead and turn down the, my the volume because I'm getting some feedback from the echo from the. I, I, I just right, did. I, I wasn't sure whether to do something on the link or call in. I've got you up on the uh, on screen. I didn't know if I was supposed to click into that somehow or just call you. No, I'm, no, no. Just calling it okay. is fine. Yes. Anyway, so as I described in in the show description, um, you know, usually when when I when I've talked about Ron DeSantis and called him Death Santis, it's been in relation to his response to COVID and how I felt he's been irresponsible when it comes to putting politics ahead the uh, putting politics ahead of the lives of people. 
and you've written a book. Understood. Yeah, and and you've written a book called Murder and Corruption in Florida. I have a link to the Amazon. There's an Amazon link in the on the YouTube description. It's the first link on the page if you're watching the video. So anybody who wants to read more about this, please click that link and and, and read the story and support um, Sandy here. So. Um, can you give me a little bit of give the listeners a little bit of an introduction of who you are and a little bit of a background as to um, what's going on here? Then we'll get into the nitty gritty and why um, Ron DeSantis has politicized more than just deaths as it pertains to COVID. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, first of all, thank you, Dan, for having me on the show. It's it's good to meet you, and uh, and I appreciate you giving me the time on the show and and uh, and taking a look at the issue. Very simply. Uh, my son was murdered uh, in 2016 in Fort Myers, Florida. He was murdered. And th- I thought that was the worst part. But what I later found out was dealing with Fort Myers government and Tallahassee government was almost just as bad. They uh, decided not to prosecute because there was an election going on. And the woman running for the state attorney position was interested in courting the NRA vote. And she spent a lot of time in Tallahassee, which is about five or six hours from uh, Fort Myers. She spent a lot of time up there courting the NRA president, got the endorsement, and has refu- and called the case a stand your ground uh, justifiable uh, killing, when in fact it has none of the hallmarks required for stand your ground defense. She has been asked right. by journalists, by attorneys, by people that are familiar with stand your ground. My attorneys have been uh, Mark O'Mara and Ben Crump, and they're both fairly experienced with Stand Your Ground. Both of them have looked at this and said, there's no Stand Your Ground here whatsoever. So they and others have called her off and said, can you please explain how this is a Stand Your Ground case? And she's refused now, to do so. Now, it's the response. Typically, it's not the responsibility of the state to say this is a Stand Your Ground case. Typically, it's the responsibility of the defense to raise the affirmative defense of a Stand Your Ground, and then the state has to, under Florida law, disprove that it's not stand your ground, right? Dan, you're absolutely correct. There is a process, a pretrial process, where someone on the defense side claims it, and they have to make that argument in court. The state uh, will make arguments against it, and the judge will decide whether that defense is to be allowed in the trial. Instead, in this case, it was awarded as a hall pass for murder. And there right. there's and a um, – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you, you finished finish up. Yeah, there's uh, – I've interviewed judges in the Lee County area, and at least one has said if someone came into my court um, with these facts, I would not have uh, allowed a, 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 a stand your ground defense. I've seen. I've also talked to defense attorneys in Lee County who said, if I ever went into court with these facts, pleading a, um, a, a stand your ground defense, I'd be laughed out of court. So, uh, former prosecut- uh, prosecutors, former prosecutors, uh, attorneys like Mark O'Mara, Ben Crump, judges, a former state attorney, um, have all looked at this case and said it's a murder case. The police have ruled it a murder case, and that's in Chapter Seven of the book. So everybody sees a murder except there's one state attorney, and I submit that she did it for political convenience. There's no justification for stand your ground here. And she's the only person that sees it, and yet she is either unwilling or unable or both to explain it. And, and I've I, discussed I, I stand covered, your ground. 
I've discussed stand your ground on the show before and my problems with it, especially because, and you talk about this in your book as well, how it used to be that if somebody raised an affirmative defense, it was their responsibility to prove it. Now, if somebody raises an affirmative defense in the state of Florida, the onus goes on the state to disprove it. So just to prove that something didn't happen is a logical fallacy. That's that's trying to prove a negative. Um, But to the point you just made, I wanted to highlight that point. This is not simply a case of, you're and I mean, you aren't clearly an upset father who lost a child in a tragic act. I mean, you are, yes. but it's not just that. It's not just, I mean, clearly, you know, you know, you are somebody who would clearly be biased, you know, towards your son and whatever. But we have, you have examples in your book of people spelling out why they believe law enforcement officers, police officers, et cetera why they believe that this is specifically should be treated as a murder case. And so it's not just Absolutely. you saying it, it's, it's, it's officials from the state, which, which is weird because it, it, police are saying it and the Republican party has been the, well, we have to back the blue. Well, they're not backing the blue here because the blue is saying this is murder, deal with it as murder. And, and she's like, Nope. You're, you're absolutely correct, and you're, you know, not many people are aware that Stand Your Ground does require that pretrial, or it's just certainly did at the time of this murder, at the time of this crime. So the changes on the burden are, uh, are after the fact, but the reality is uh, you're absolutely correct. Most people aren't aware of that. Additionally, the circumstances of the crime, which I cover in the book, um, there was an altercation. My son had been partying, uh, celebrating a birthday and a new job. And at two in the morning, left the party, lived in the complex, went to the wrong building, went to the correct unit in the wrong building. The buildings are somewhat monolithic. They all look the same. They're not well lit. It's been a problem. Um, He went to the wrong building and tried to get into what he thought was his unit. The the owner opened the door, told him to go away. Somehow my son's foot was near the doorway. Guy slammed the door on my son's foot, and my son's foot was now cut and bleeding. The door's shut and locked, presumably, and the guy gets on the phone with the police, and they say, and he tells them, it's just a drunk kid. It's not a burglary. It's not an invasion. It's not a terrorism. Just a drunk kid. And they tell him, stay put, stay inside the house, and we're on our way. And he waits about four or five minutes. This is his testimony uh, in a civil deposition. His testimony is he waited four or five minutes. That's his wife's testimony. And um, got his gun. Understand your ground. That's re-engagement. You know, if I'm afraid right. of you right now because you're doing something threatening, doesn't mean I can come back later. I have to, if, I'm a, if I have fear, I have fear right now and I need to take action or not. There was nothing to fear. He was behind a locked door. He went back outside and he told the police he was afraid. And they said, well, why don't you leave the unit? Afraid? People that are afraid don't tend to go outside. Got his gun, went outside, found my son. Uh, so first of all, you've got re-engagement and pursuit. Now, even if, and this isn't a stand your ground case, so I don't have an issue with stand your ground any more than I would have an issue with this being, um, uh, we could talk about vehicular homicide. It's not that either. There was re-engagement and pursuit. Now, you can stand your ground presumably right here. You can't go standing your ground somewhere else. You can't go stand your ground over there. That's, that's pursuit. That's re-engagement. Found my son 100 yards away from his house in a neighbor's yard with a hose washing off the, the, the foot that was bloody. He found him, 
My son was seated on the ground, not a threat, facing in the other direction. Instead, this guy yelled at him, pointed a gun in his face with a laser and a flashlight, and uh, yelled at him. And when my son stood up and the guy suddenly began to fear, that's when he uh, decided to use a gun. That, according to the police, is not uh, um, that's, that's not stand your ground. That's premeditated murder. He went yeah, outside and what, with, a, with a gun looking for him. One of my issues with the whole stand your ground thing and with like ish cases that there's I've, I've noticed there's some similarities between what happened to your son and what happened with like Trayvon Martin. It's not specifically right. I mean, they didn't, it's not specifically exactly the same thing. You didn't have Trayvon Martin. The George Zimmerman case was never a stand your ground case either. Um, yeah. Or like they didn't raise stand your ground when it went to trial and that actually went to trial. This one hasn't gone to trial yet. Uh, but, but these laws that they, that they make, uh, are, are made in such a way where it kind of allows or encourages an individual who gets into a fight and then starts losing, for example, and allows them to just claim, oh, I'm standing my ground, I'm about to lose this fight, so I'm going to kill the person, and I'm going to claim this person was threatening, was a threat to my life, while the other person is not alive to give their counter testimony, so therefore, who do you believe? Who can you believe? There's only one person to get the thing from. So it, it kind of encourages... It encourages death. To some extent, yes. But um, uh, you cannot uh, fear something that you've created. In other words, I can't go up to you, uh, stand behind you, and start tapping you on the shoulder repeatedly, repeatedly, and annoy you. And when you turn around and say, what? Uh, Now I'm afraid I have to take action. You can't fear something that you have caused. This guy left and reengaged, pursued, Reengagement's uh, not covered by Sandy Ground. Pursuit's not covered by Sandy Ground. Uh, provocation is not covered by Sandy Ground. And pointing a loaded weapon, as he confessed to doing, against someone that's not a threat is felony assault in Florida. So right. there are just a number of things. The truth of the matter is, if someone's not a threat and you point a gun at them, any Sandy Ground protection provi- provisions actually accrue to them, not you. But this still isn't a Sandy Ground case. And, right. And, the the you know the opposition on this sometimes says well you know you're just arguing about stand your ground I'm not it's not a stand your ground show me where it's a stand your ground case and the one woman the one person that sees it as stand your ground can't explain it and refuses to and I there's a journalist down here uh, with uh, one of the major outlets he's been doing this for 30 years and he said to me he said in 30 years he called their office can you explain it and they said we have no comment he said in 30 years of doing this I've never seen a state attorney's office unwilling to explain their charging decision. He said, I've never seen it before. And, and so clearly need, it seems like need, it was politically expedient to, to, to label yeah. it stand your ground and therefore not go after it because you get the right. people who love stand your ground and who, who want to be able to make things into the wild west. Um, and look, I, I support the right of anybody to defend themselves, but I'd also, you know, if, if you're to me, if you're going to raise an affirmative defense, you should be the one that has to prove that, your affirmative defense is the correct one and taking the onus off of the person raising the affirmative defense is problematic. Um, and that's what they've done now at this point with the law. Um, but, you know, so, but there, there definitely is, you know, anybody who reads the story is going to see uh, the political motivations and there's, there's tons of political corruption that went on from before uh, Fox, uh, Amira Fox, who was the individual who was refusing uh, to charge uh, this individual with um, 
with murder, even though the police officers have said, hey, this is murder. Um, but and then you have other folks in government uh, who are protecting her, who refuse to do anything. Um, you have, for example, was Attorney General Pam Bondi, uh, who is the who refused to bring charges in the Trump University case. Uh, I think Pam Bondi is one of the people who would potentially be responsible in um, causing uh, this to, uh, you know, and, and, and bringing some sort of issues with it. And they were like, nope, there are no issues here either. Nothing to see here. Don't find the man behind the curtain type deals. Um, well, what you're talking but in about, reality, what you're talking about are the protections for Florida citizens. Um, right. Florida citizens are protected by a number of agencies, the Florida Election Commission, the Florida Ethics Commission, the, um, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. All of these agencies are there to protect Florida citizens against corrupt officials. And it sounds great. The problem is all roads lead to one guy. So DeSantis controls all those things. And because he does, um, the minute something develops, because I spot, spoke with FDLE agents, and they were very excited about some of this, and then all of a sudden it stops, it came to a grinding halt. And DeSantis, can, the head of the FDLE reports to the governor. The Ethics Commission and the, uh, well, certainly the Ethics Commission reports to the Attorney General, who always sends down somebody to tell Amira. Amira's been in front of that board at least five times in the last, few years she was fined for campaigning on duty uh while on state time and the ethics commission she confessed to it paid the money back and the ethics commission still found no probable cause right you can't go robbing a bank and then bring the money back and all is forgiven i'm pretty sure they still get mad about it right exactly you you, i can't yeah you can't rob a bank and be like oh my bad here's the money back oh no you still committed the crime that yeah um and so, so and this happened before DeSantis became governor, but, and you had, you had the opportunity to speak with uh, DeSantis, I guess, before he was sworn in? As a candidate. No, as a candidate. As a candidate, okay. Before he was elected. And, he, and my memory's pretty good. I described the case to him, and he agreed with me. And he said very simply, when, because I told him I was a one-issue voter, and he said, when local government uh, doesn't perform, the governor has both the obligation and the authority to act. And what I had asked him to do then, and we had talked about it subsequently, and he agreed. What I asked him to do was just move it. I'm not saying put this guy in jail. I'm not saying do something that violates anybody's rights. I'm saying the rights of the victim. You've got a, a state attorney with a bad track record. Uh, her resume reads more like a rap sheet. And you've got um, the police saying there's a murder. Here's my suggestion. Transfer the case to a, uh, a, a different judicial circuit. And only two things can happen, Dan. Only two things. Move it to a new, new judicial circuit for an honest, objective, unbiased view. And only two things can happen. Either they do a review and they find out there was a crime and they indict this guy and do what the process, what the system should do, in which case everybody should rejoice that a mistake has been found, corrected, and justice has been served. Or if it turns out the objective review determines and can explain why there's a stand your ground argument here, then the state attorney down in Fort Myers is vindicated. Either way, everybody should be happy. All I'm right. saying is the police see it as a murder. Everybody sees the murder. Let's have the facts reviewed. 
And nobody seems willing to do that. And Amir Fox does not want the case released from her circuit. She wants it staying where it is and sat on rather than elsewhere reviewed and acted upon. Right, because if it's acted upon, then she looks bad because she, uh, she looks like coddling and catering a mur- to a murder, all for political expediency. Now, uh, DeSantis um, has taken more severe actions for pe- with people who did much less, right? <laughs> well, only if the Democrats can. Right. Only, only if the Democrats, if, if they're if they're going to say that they're going to use prosecutorial discretion when determining w- whether or not to uh, enforce uh, Florida's new ban on abortion that took place since they overturned Roe v. Wade. Oh, he fired. Sounds, he tried to fire that guy. But sounds like you're talking about Andrew Warren, who is the elected yeah. state official in Hillsborough County. And all he did, and he happens to be a Democrat, I think that's his bigger crime. All he right. did was to say out loud he didn't plan on prosecuting those cases. He planned on exercising prosecutorial discretion, but there was no case on the table. There was no actual case. Now, if you want to go back, we could take a look at uh, Governor Scott, um, the state attorney in Orange County back a few years ago, refused to, uh, in a capital case, said she wasn't going to push for the death penalty. And she was a Democrat. And what Rick Scott did was proportionate. He didn't fire her. He didn't remove her. What he said was, those cases that are capital cases that you're not going to uh, seek the death penalty on, I'm going to remove, remove from your office. That's all he did. So right. it wasn't disproportionate. Now, Rick, Stant, uh, Rick Scott was the governor at the time, but I was only learning as I went that this wasn't just a legal issue. This was a political issue down there. So I didn't, and so I did send a petition to Scott's office. He was campaigning for the Senate. He was gone. I met with DeSantis. We had time to explain what was going on. By then I knew more, and he had agreed to, uh, to move the case. He saw the problem. Um, so in the meantime, as governor, I've had a petition on his desk for over three years. And if you call his office and ask for the status on that petition, all they will say is it's under review. And that's been the case for over three and a half years. Um, but the, the proportionality with Andrew Warren wasn't there. Andrew Warren said he wasn't going to prosecute those cases, and he was removed from office. Now, Amira Fox has actually ignored several murders, not just my son's. He's ignored right. several murders. So with Andrew Warren, it was theoretical on abortion rights, and there was no case on the table, and he was removed. With Amira Fox, she's ignored murders. She was actually the subject of a Pulitzer Prize-winning article because she had tanked grand jury against the murder uh, against a, a murder indictment and made them and, and insisted they not indict. Uh, and it was a fairly egregious case in the book, but she's not been touched. He's uh, he's a Republican and that makes her sacred. Other Democratic officials have been uh, been removed from office for small, small issues. But the Andrew Warren is the most egregious and the most comparable. It's another state attorney. And look what he was removed for and look what she's been allowed to do. And it's, uh, it, it's pretty bad. So I'm hoping that, and that was my point in writing the book, is just to get the facts out and to uh, gain some attention and some publicity and have good people like you help me uh, just create some awareness so that the governor really sees that he needs to take action on this. And all he needs to do just move the case to a, a different circuit for an honest, objective, unbiased review. 
And I don't think that's uh, that's asking too much. Amira Fox has told anyone who will listen that she won't indict this case because of the things I've done. I campaigned against her. I put up billboards uh, criticizing her campaign. I did that. Now, I'm pretty sure that her job is to enforce crime or enforce the law against crime, and I don't think it depends on how she feels about the victim's fa- uh, family. Right. But now you're not actually, happy with my billboards. I'll talk about what happened with um, you have an acquaintance, Ralph Singer, um, who was you know, in your book to say he was shocked at the circumstances surrounding the case of the murder of your son and no prosecution. Correct. And what what and she sent him back with two demands and a carrot. So what were the demands in the carrot? The demands were um, uh, number one, she wanted a um, uh, she wanted an explanation for some pamphlets that went out in the 2018 election. I had a pack, and there were some pamphlets that went out that she found offensive, and she blames me for them. The problem is this. I had a pack, and I didn't donate to her opponent's campaign. What I did do, because of the, the PACs are allowed to do this, I received dollars from some of his supporters. The money I put into the pack never went to that candidate. But when I received the dollars from his parents, and close friends of his, I consider those dollars to be his. And what I did was use the pack uh, to when I got an invoice for some uh, printing bills. Now, when I got a printing bill, um, I didn't know if that was for uh, bumper stickers, hats, pins, whatever it was, I paid it. Right. It, and I, to this day, I don't know what it was for. It may very well have been for those pamphlets. And I paid that bill. Never saw those. I didn't write them. I, to this day, I've never seen one. I've heard about them but I've never seen one. Now, if I had done it, I would stand up and say, yeah, I wrote those pamphlets, or yes, I, I paid for them and I supported them, uh, and they shouldn't be an issue. I certainly take uh, full responsibility for my billboards, but I had nothing to do with pamphlets. It doesn't matter, but it is worthy of note that I didn't do that. So number one, she wanted one of the uh, things she wanted to know, she wanted to know about the pamphlets. And so you'll see in the book, an email to me explain, or an email to Ralph telling her, it was good talking with you today. I spoke with Mr. Modell. He's explained the pamphlets. He had nothing to do with it on and on. That's number one. Number two, I had supported, at least in terms of, um, of Oakley, I had supported her candidate in the 2018 election. He was in her office. He's an Army Reserve Lieutenant Colonel, and he felt the case should be prosecuted. And I was supportive of his campaign I think I attended and spoke at one of his uh, fundraising events, and that's it. She wanted to know, um, she wanted me to send him a letter of disavowal and commit to him or let him know that I wouldn't be supporting his candidacy. She was worried he'd run against her. She had outspent him five to one. She had the backing of the machine. She was supposed to win 80 to 20. Even with the NRA, she barely pulled out a 12-point win. If you take the NRA out, she won by less than five points. She was terrified he was going to run again. She wanted me to commit. Uh, not to do that. So the two requirements were an explanation of the uh, campaign events uh, and funding and an explanation and a, and a copy of an email that they had basically been dictating to me that I had already sent to her opponent, and they wanted a copy of that. And you'll see I've sent that to Ralph. He has attached that in his email to her saying, I've got the letter, uh, and I spoke to him about the questions you had and sending all that to her. And then she verifies on state, uh, state attorney letterhead 
uh, on her email, I've received all that. Thanks. Great talking with you. Um, in response to that, or in uh, the carrot was, and she was going to indict on the case. She got the two things she wanted. She never indicted on the case. I submitted all of that to the FDLE, and the FDLE uh, thought it was a slam dunk. They were all excited about it. Um, they talked to Mr. Singer. Mr. Singer changed his story, and when he notified me, or when I read the um, uh, the details of their interview uh, with him, I sent him a text message that his recollections are very, very far off. Why don't we each take polygraphs, and uh, the loser can make a donation to the other guy's uh, charity of choice? Mr. Singer didn't respond to that. So he had changed his story. The FDLE was still interested, and then all of a sudden, somehow the word came top down. And uh, frankly, I was told that would happen by several people that have seen the FDLE in action on political stuff. So she was supposed to do it, and she got what she wanted, and then she uh, reneged. And I sent it all to the FDLE because it was influence peddling or uh, seeking a bribe in kind, if not in cash. Um, FDLE got stymied, and it stopped. Um, and when asked about it, she couldn't really explain what all that was for. I mean, it was pretty self-evident. If you've seen it, it's in the book, the actual um, emails and her responses. There is no other. The problem is when I interviewed with the FDLE, they said to me, well, there are a lot of different versions of every story. I said, okay, read the stuff I'm showing you. And they did. I said, now, give me a different. I have this one explanation. Give me a plausible alternative. And the agent in charge sat for about 60 to 90 seconds and finally looked back at me and said, I can't think of anything else. Right. Yet the system that's supposed to protect us, the FDLE, state ethics, all that stuff is really a sham and uh, really goes back to either the AG or the governor. And uh, it's, it's people that are close outside of these, uh, these hearings, people that already know each other very, very well and protect each other to the detriment of Florida citizenry. And um, the, the person who shot and killed and, according to the police officers, murdered uh, your son, uh, he's also harassed you, right? He has. He has. It started, um, we filed a civil action. Didn't really want to. Um, we knew he didn't have any money, and I wasn't interested in money. What we wanted was his testimony. Um, but you have a two-year limit. So we were at the two-year point and had to file civil suit. And the murderer objected to um, having to go to the trouble of just defending a murder, uh, wrongful death in this case. It was a civil action. Mm-hmm. And so to, uh, to get me to stop the civil action, he started sending me threatening texts. And some of them are uh, obvious, uh, victory or death. Uh, that's pretty clear. On the other hand, uh, one of them says, I'm ready for some uh, uh, communication, some nonverbal communication with the professor. I happen to be an adjunct professor at a local university, uh, part-time, and I teach uh, nonverbal communication. So that was clearly mm-hmm. a threat as well. There were a bunch of them, and, um, and that was going on at the time, and it's continued. Um, and some of the more egregious ones, I mean, there were lots of them, but some of the more egregious ones are, are included. He's fairly proud of himself. This is not a guy that was afraid. Uh, he told the police he was afraid. And they said, well, well you know, you're afraid. Yes. And what were you trying to do? I was trying to protect my wife. 
And they said, so to protect your wife, you went out in the darkness, left your home with the front door open. How were you protecting her? And he just couldn't respond. But um, very proud of himself. And um, he has told me things like, uh, you know, your son effed with the wrong guy and things of that sort. Um, No, he's quite proud of himself. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the case. And, you know, and clearly we've not seen justice yet. So besides um, besides going to the link uh, that's in and buying your book on Amazon, uh, how else can people help you um, try and achieve justice in this case? Well, um, anyone that wants to call the governor's office and ask for a status on the petition and why it's taking three years, why it's still under review, Anyone that can help apply pressure, if he gets enough phone calls, right now his choice is between doing the right thing or uh, not antagonizing a Republican base down in uh, Lee County and not having those people unhappy. And he's made his choice. But if it turned out that enough people, if enough of your listeners and other listeners read the book, saw the problem, and, and started confronting the governor either on the phone, calling his office, at, at campaign events, and asking why is this still under review after three and a half years? Why is there uh, no new circuit uh, just for an honest objective review? I believe if enough people start asking him, him about it, he'll decide it's time to, uh, to take issue with it, to address it. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Well, anything else you want to add? I'm sorry. I lost you. Is, is there anything else you want to add? No, I think uh, I, I want to thank you again for having me on. I, I would certainly like to thank any of your ris- listeners that uh, that read the book and or uh, write to the governor or address it on just by calling his office. Any of those people, I'm grateful for the help, and uh, I'm confident with enough with enough people and enough voices doing the right thing that the governor will see it correctly and eventually act. And I hope I hope you can get that. I hope you know some of our listeners can go and start spreading the word about this as well, because you know I read the story, and um, yeah, there's there's doesn't seem to be any other alternative explanation as to what happened. And um, yeah, just let someone else review it. And, and if again, as you said, if if it's truly stand your ground, then the person is justified. If it's not stand your ground, then you get you know you get justice for your son. So. Um, thank you very much for calling in. I, I'm glad to have you. If you have any news, you know, if any there are any updates that you have in what's going on, please feel free to email me. We'll invite you back on uh, any week uh, and, and get you on. And um, uh, good luck to you. Dan, thank you very much. I've appreciated it. And I'll, if there are developments, I'll certainly keep you posted. Thank you so much. You have, you have a good night. You too. Thanks. All right. Again, and the uh, – title of the book is Murder and Corruption in Florida by Sandy Modell. The link to the book on Amazon is just the first link in the YouTube, in the description of the YouTube video. Uh, you can click on that and you can, uh, you know, buy a copy. It's not very expensive and it's not very long either. You can, I read it in like two nights and you can probably read it in one if you had the time to do that. I just have, I'm dealing with puppy right now. So Puppy has gotten in the way of several things, including making bits for the show. Let's go ahead and take the last commercial break real quick so I can take a couple more drinks of water. Um, we can we can catch back up with the uh, chat, anything that I might have missed in the chat as well. Um, this is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. 
Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan dot com. One of the biggest advantages that conservatives have is their media presence. Conservatives have a wealth of radio talk shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels that allow them to effectively spread their message. We should have the same on the left as well. This is why I want you to go to growleft.liberaldan.com. We are at a turning point in the history of this country. There is no reason why the ultra-conservatives and MAGA-types should be as successful as they have been. Extremist conservative ideas are unpopular, while left-wing ideas like Medicare for All, abortion rights, and marriage equality are at all-time highs. But they have the messaging, and we need to build up our radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to fight back against their extremist conservative messages. Liberal Band Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big-money donors. When you give a contribution at growleft.liberalband.com, you will be doing two things. That money will be spent advertising causes on the left, like body autonomy, marriage equality, voting rights, and in support of or opposition of candidates. And that commercial airtime will be spent on smaller shows, podcasts, and YouTube channels to help them grow larger and be more successful. We get to kill two birds with one stone. But I can't do it alone. I need your help. So please go to growleft.liberalband.com and make your contribution today. That's growleft.liberalband.com. Growleft.liberalband.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Liberal Tan Radio, Talk from the Left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. It's 914-803-4131. No, there's not much show left. We're going to go back over the chat and do a little, do, do a refresh, and I have to get back to Puppy. <laughs> so, um, there's that. I am wearing my uh, King George da-da-da-da-da shirt. If you want to hear my parody, that's on my, uh, the parodies playlist on here on on Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube, and you can listen to my parody of "You'll Be Back," uh, "We'll Fight Back," one of my uh, things that I made for the 2020 election. Um, guys, as I said, support the show. You can go to Patreon, patreoncom uh, dan or patreon.liberaldan.com. Support the show monthly. You can support the show with a one-time contribution via Buy Me a Cider. 
uh, or click Liberal Band Radio, click liberalband.com, go to buy me, buy me a cider button, click that, or just go to liberal, buymeacoffee.com slash Liberal Band Radio. You could also buy me a, a cider that way. You could uh, purchase, send a payment via Venmo if you wish. The QR code is there. And also, uh, you can, don't even have to send me money. Uh, one thing you could do is just go to yada.liberalband.com and open up your own account. Put 25 bucks in. It's your own savings account. It's FDIC assured. And there are weekly drawings based on how much money you have deposited in there. So that you get monthly uh, savings bonuses, which work pretty much just like interest. And you get drawings every week. And if you choose to get like the debit card or whatever, and you might make payments with it, uh, you get a chance to get whatever you purchased for free. So far, the only thing I've gotten for free was an order of fries, but better than not getting free fries, right? So, and I'll, I will give you a shout out or whomever or whatever you want me to shout out if you do um, use my link to sign up for Yada. So, if you do that, it would be awesome too. All right, let's go back through the chat, see what I missed. So, those are a bunch of interesting things as we were on, uh, on the phone with uh, Sandy Medell. And... Let's see. Kimchi has an apple crisp in the oven, and she's not sharing it with me. That's a damn shame. Um, let's see. Uh, Jeff Kerr, I felt bad for DeSantis for a split second when he went blank, thought he had a stroke, uh, then sad that it wasn't. Um, I'm afraid DeSantis has no corrupted Florida elections, has so corrupted the Florida election system that he will win regardless of the actual vote. Well, that's the intent of the Republican Party. Uh, they are trying to, I mean, like they, they say all the horrible things about sending in your mail-in votes about how mail-in votes are terrible, but then they say, hey, mail-in your votes because they want their people to mail-in their votes. So it's, it's a hypocrisy or whatever. Uh, Let's see, time to purge the voter rolls. They like to purge the voter rolls in Florida, says Putin. Yes, that is true. That's how they won in 2000, by uh, doing a testing a wide net and purging more voters than uh, were supposed to be purged. And the amount of purged people is like 10,000 voters who are black. Uh, 90% of black voters vote for uh, Democrats, and the difference is 500. So if, if just if I think of a tenth of the people who they purged incorrectly went to vote and actually got to vote, we would have had vice we would have had President Gore. But they passed a wide debt, and nobody wants to talk about that anymore. Nobody nobody wanted to talk about that. Everyone was. Oh, oh, it's over with. But here's the thing. The election was stolen in 2000, but we didn't riot. We didn't storm the Capitol. We didn't do anything like that. But the so-called party that's tough on crime is not tough on criminals that invaded the Capitol on January 6th. The tough on crime party is not the party that's going to stand up to Vladimir Putin and his war crimes and his international crimes and going after Ukraine. So how can we believe that they're tough on crime with anything else? Let's see. Yeah, we have. I, I did want to, you know, maybe next week we'll talk about the armed militia folks in the Arizona uh, ballot boxes. That's just ridiculous. But I don't have enough. I didn't have enough time to to be looking at to get more information than just that there are idiots in front of the voter drop off boxes, intimidating voters. Um, let's see. Let's see. Putin shouldn't be busy losing a war. Yes, indeed, I am Ethan. I have been reduced to sending the disease to the front line. Um, let's see. I already voted by mail and vote. Blue all the way. I will be voting, uh, ab- not absentee, but I'll be voting uh, early, probably tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe Friday. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, um, 
with the local radio guy that I listen to, who's the conservative, really conservative guy, has a just a big problem with voting if it's not same day. He's like, vote same day and vote as late as you can on same day voting to make it less likely that they can mess with your vote. I'm like, okay, fine, you do you, but I like my early voting because what if something happens and I have once I have to go to the hospital for some reason on election day, what happens? I don't get my vote. So if I vote tomorrow and I get to, you know, avoid that, you know, he's like, well, what if something happens in the last two weeks? That's that's the risk I take. If it's revealed that the person I voted for is a giant piece of crap, well, then I took that risk. But I'd rather not take the risk of something happening on election day that would prevent me from voting. So let's see. Boo, 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 boo. Um, I don't understand why some people go into education careers that have no intention of teaching anything. Uh, that's a big question. And, and I, one of the things, Jim, is that when uh, the, the other thing that the other individual um, – talking about that I was talking about uh, who is the current uh, interim superintendent of the Louisiana special schools, the school districts. I believe she also used to work for Louis, former Louisiana governor, Bobby Jindal. And if that's the case, that goes a long way to show the problem. I mean, I've talked about Jindal for a long time. I haven't talked about him in a while because he hasn't been relevant for a while, but I, I mean, I probably know more about Bobby Jindal than most people have forgotten. Um, and by, by now, people probably have forgotten a lot about him. But let's see. Let's see. I met Beto in New Hampshire. Talked some time summer before COVID. Awesome. Stand your ground is bringing so much misery. Sorry to hear this call. So yeah, the, the story is terrible. I mean, I, I read the story and read, 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 read the book. And there was the part describing the funeral and a, a poem. And I almost cried. I, I mean, I was like fighting back the tears. It was, it was a... Real shame. It's just, you know, imagine, put yourself in that situation, though. You're in a situation where, you know, your, your child dies. I can't even imagine that. But, but your child dies, and then the state doesn't want to do anything to get justice because they want the NRA vote. How morally bankrupt do you have to be? Uh, Jeff Gurry says, stand your ground. Has George Zimmerman been heard from? George Zimmerman tries to get heard from a lot, but as I said, George Zimmerman technically wasn't a stand your ground case. He did claim self-defense, which also was an affirmative defense, which also has, they changed the requirements in Florida so that you don't, so when you claim, raise a self-defense, it's up to the prosecution to prove that it wasn't self-defense, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he, I'm sure he'll pop back up trying to do something else stupid. Like, you know, I'm going to sell, I, I have a shirt with the blood of Trayvon Martin. I'm going to sell that too, <laughs> or whatever. Um, figured he had written the house to do a tour by now. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they have it. I'm surprised they haven't had the written house Zimmerman tour. I just hate that he's George Zimmerman because everyone's like, Oh, Zimmerman, are you related? No, shut up. Not everybody named Zimmerman is related to each other. Um, see, I will never go to Florida as long as it lost stands. It's tough. I mean, I'm, I've, I've still been, but I went a few weeks back, but you know, it's, I understand the reasoning why. Um, I wonder if the FBI found Rotten House's fingerprints on any of the docs seized from CFG. Nice. That would be funny. Um, let's scroll down. Oh, there's a train wreck in Missouri in Silver Dollar City. That's not good. Um, I quit smoking weed a month ago and I'm happier. Really? I thought I thought last time we were talking about weed with Kinky Streets that you you enjoyed it so um, 
ground of self-defense should not be enforced if you provoke the other party. It shouldn't be. And it, and I think the law technically says provocation nullifies self-defense, but and re-engagement nullifies self or stand your ground or self-defense. But here you go. We have a situation where, again, it's not the defense raising a stand your ground argument. It's the prosecute. It's the potential prosecution who's basically saying, nope, this is stand your ground. So I'm not going to prosecute it. Like it's not your job to determine if it's stand your ground. It's the judge's job to determine itself stand your ground. And it's the it's the job of the defense to raise the stand your ground argument. This is a, this is a homicide. This is clearly a homicide, and it, that should be investigated. It should be, and it's and it's not a legal homicide, and that should be clear. And according to the police officers, it's murder. And I'm, I'm not saying you know I, I wasn't there. I don't know, but I'm going to trust this police officer to say this is murder. If he's saying it's murder, it's murder. Um, just side note. You know, that a lot of people talk about like, ACAB and all cops are bastards or whatever. And I, I, I understand, I agree with many of the criticisms that are levied against police. Um, but without cops, you're not going to see punishment for January 6th. So without cops, you're not, you, this boy is never going to get justice. Without cops, plenty of reasons. So look, I'm for defunding when, what, what the funding actually means, which is, you know, taking the funds that should be spent, that the police are spending doing things they're not trained to do and put those funds instead uh, to the you know therapists who are trained to do those things. So therefore the police don't have that on their back, that sort of thing. Let's see. Poo, poo, poo. One ounce would last me nine months. If I, on, I only did a hit a night strong stuff. I guess I missed something with that. Uh, two, 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 two. Guns, the reason I live in the middle of nowhere. And when I go out, I go to Canada. Yay. Um, people who were sending voting cards didn't vote, but are not legally allowed to. Now they are facing five years. Yeah, exactly. Why would you, why would you let them vote? They're not allowed to vote. Why would you let them vote? It seems like, oh, here, take this drug from me. Like the, the police officer, hold this drug for me. Okay. Oh, you're now in possession of drugs. You're arrested. Um, Some guns on the sea. Booby traps are more fun. He says kinky streets. Yeah, I kind of had to hold back the chuckle when I saw the booby track art, the booby trap argument and all the boobies conversation that took place there. Oh, Andrea joined the chat. Shout out to Andrea. Best wishes. I hope there's something. Is there anything? I hope there's something they can do for your throat, uh, for your vocal cords. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm sorry that you're having to deal with that. Putin, the law says, it says people in public may use deadly force to defend their life even if they can safely retreat, provided they aren't the aggressor. Um, provided they aren't the aggressor. In this case, this guy was clearly the aggressor because he hunted him down. Kind of like what Zimmerman did to Martin. Zimmerman hunted down Martin. Um, let's keep on going. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Nearly impossible. Hey, nearly impossible. Appreciate you joining us, even if it was just to swing by and say hello. I don't know if you're still here, but I'm just kind of scrolling. Ah, I, it now, now it finally scrolls. Uh, now it finally does the jump scroll thing. Let's see. Trying to find where I was. I don't know. Um, let's see. Got to be the T-shirt guy. The show tomorrow night. Shut it down. Show starts. Uh, I got motion triggers. Police are pretty far away. Um, 
Once the guy runs, you're not in danger. If he is unarmed, Taylor wanted to fight. He could have called the cops. And he did call the cops. He just didn't want to wait for the cops. Um, See, January 6th never addressed the pipe bomb or the removal of the panic buttons on the hill. Yeah. Um, Ethan chasing a person who's unarmed is not self-defense. Exactly. Um, Let's see. Rancors are not cheap, knowing wealthy Jabba Hutt was. <laughs> nice Star Wars comments. My son's band is going to New Orleans for Halloween just to hang out, but I'm sure they will find a stage. Hopefully, let me know if, if they do. Um, I could, uh, I could what, what is it a band, Jeff? Uh, email me, liberaldayradio.gmail.com if you have more details about that. Um, let's see. Another thing that I'll talk about is polling places that have been closing for several elections. They do this in poor areas to make it harder for them to vote. Absolutely, especially in Georgia. Um, they want to make they, they do that's they ban like you from being able to give out water in Georgia and then so, so that you know in the white counties where it's rural and there's not a lot of weight for to vote they go in they vote there's no problem but then in the black counties that are densely populated and more people are going to each polling location the line backs up for a mile and then you get uncomfortable and no one can give you a bottle of water so they're making it less comfortable for people. Who, for black and, black and brown people and other persons of color to cast ballots, and that's voter disenfranchisement, clearly, but they don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it. Arizona needs to be defunded if they continually allow voter intimidation. Uh, yes, Zimmerman, George Zimmerman should be running on his jail center. Yes, he should, but unfortunately, he's not. I gave a if I gave the closing arguments, I thought the closing arguments by the by the prosecution sucked when it came to uh, the, the George Zimmerman case, I gave what my uh, closing arguments would be. Let's have liberaldan.com. Let's see if we can bring it up real quick. Liberaldan.com. Uh, Zimmerman closing. No, that's not the right one. Um, closing. No, that's not the one. Prosecution? Um, How I would have closed the prosecution against George Zimmerman. Here we go. Uh, members of the jury, in this case, you have heard a lot of stories from the defense team of George Zimmerman. They basically have two jobs. Their first job is to make sure the state, via its prosecution team, follows the rules of the courtroom and the laws of the state when we present our case to you. The second job is to make sure that they put enough doubt in your mind and hope you will consider your doubt reasonable and as such, acquit Mr. Zimmerman of the charges against him. Your job as jurors is to see through those feeble attempts and at the end of the day, determine the truth via facts, logic, and reason. And the facts of this case clearly show that not only should, not only should you have no reasonable doubt about the guilt of George Zimmerman, but you should have no doubt at all. But not only will I prove to you that George Zimmerman was guilty of a crime, but I will show you that Trayvon Martin was a child who was standing his ground after making a reasonable attempt to get away. First, let's look at what the defense has tried to do in this case. They have acted as the prosecution against Trayvon Martin, a child who had every right to be in the neighborhood. He was visiting his father and got to 7-Eleven to get some iced tea and Skittles. He was returning home and was speaking on his phone. He had a hoodie on, in part, because of the weather. Nothing is illegal in these actions. George Zimmerman thought he might have been a criminal. Let me ask you, would a criminal go waste his time buying snacks at a convenience store? I don't think so. The defense has tried to claim that this case is not about the race of Trayvon Martin. Had they have claimed that the color of his skin has nothing to do with the actions of George Zimmerman that night. However, they incorporate break-ins in the community by criminals who happen to be black as part of their defense. 
So if the reason that George Zimmerman thought something was wrong with Trayvon Martin was the break-ins, was the break-ins that took place in the neighborhood, then obviously race played a part. And this goes to the reason why George Zimmerman is guilty of the crimes he's charged of. Listen to the 9-11-911 call made by Mr. Zimmerman. He clearly has malice towards Trayvon Martin. He sees a black teenager walking through the neighborhood. He assumes for whatever reason that he must be a criminal. How can I know this? Am I psychic? Can I read his mind? No. I know this fact because based on his own words, he referred to Trayvon Martin as an asshole, an effing punk. He lamented how these assholes get away, always get away. And Mr. Zimmerman set forth to make sure that this presumed criminal, a presumed criminal only because of his skin color, would not be able to get away. This malice is key to your conviction. He was mad. He was frustrated. He decided he was going to take the law into his old hands against the advice of the 911 operator who suggested that he didn't need to pursue Trayvon Martin. Now this gets to why Trayvon Martin cannot be guilty. He ran. Zimmerman's own words verify this. They confirmed that Trayvon Martin initially ran away without seeking to harm George Zimmerman. He didn't run from a police officer. He ran from a creepy guy. He ran from a person who was following him for no good reason. He ran to protect himself. He didn't want to get into a fight with Zimmerman. He wanted to avoid a fight. Had George Zimmerman not pursued, he would have never gotten in that altercation with Trayvon Martin. But eventually there was an altercation, and because it was Trayvon Martin who fled, George Zimmerman established himself as a pursuer. And as a pursuer, he was not simply tracking Trayvon Martin for the police. He was making sure that the, quote, asshole Trayvon Martin didn't get away. It was his job and his, his mind to accomplish this. The defense argues that because Trayvon Martin at some point in the fight got the upper hand, that this justifies George Zimmerman to commit an act of self-defense. But he wasn't defending himself in the first place. It was Martin who was defending himself. And yes, he did get the upper hand at some point. Did George Zimmerman ever claim that he gave up the fight? Did George Zimmerman, once the fight ensued, ever claim that he said, I surrender or try and flee from Martin? No. Zimmerman was the aggressor. He was the one who stopped and put fear into the mind of Trayvon Martin. Florida law is clear. One can only declare self-defense if one is not committing an unlawful act. George Zimmerman was not behaving in an illegal way. He was seeking to illegally stop Trayvon Martin from getting away and was emboldened by the gun in his pants. He figured that he had the ultimate tool to make sure this didn't happen. And because Zimmerman was not acting in a legal way, the fact that he feared for his life is irrelevant. The fact that he lost the upper hand in the fight is irrelevant. George Zimmerman's actions disqualify for him for those considerations. And since he cannot claim self-defense, you must find that the death of Trayvon Martin was against the law. You must convict George Zimmerman of the crimes charged against him. That was my uh, post on what I would what I would have done if I was the attorney uh, prosecuting the Trayvon Martin case. Um, so, okay, of course, now that's all, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't say it a holiday in last night. So none of that is relevant, but basically, um, Ethan Walker, instead of using race prosecutor, you need to highlight the fact that Zimmerman was not in mortal danger being in his car. Once he got out of his car, he became the aggressor. Martin did nothing wrong. Exactly. That, that, that's some of the point, but I do think that when the defense tried to claim that race wasn't part of it, I think it was easy to show that by nine with the 911 call in and of itself, that he was taking Martin's race into consideration of when he was determining whether or not this person was the criminal who was who needed to be detained. So, so shooting somebody doesn't have to result in death. That's technically true. A lot of times, though, they teach you to shoot center mass, not to just, you know, don't, like, shoot the hostage, like, in, oh, 90 seconds left, so I do have to end the show real quickly. Um, let's go find the show. And I did, I did want to make this a short show simply because of the fact that I do have to take care of the puppy dog as well. So... Um, but I, Benny Loco, 
by the time you come back with your beverage, I'll be gone. So, <laughs> because again, I need to take care of the new puppy. Uh, but I do want to thank everybody for joining this week. I'll make sure to share this video if you think that this story about uh, the loss of this guy's son was wrong, illegal, and should have been uh, should have been dealt with differently. Should have been should have been tried. The person should have been tried for murder. Um, I will be back next week. I don't know if next week will be a House Sparks episode or not. Um, maybe we'll have to wait till the end of November. I don't know. Um, he couldn't. I guess he didn't have a show today either. He was traveling today, so he wasn't able to come on today. Hopefully, we'll get him on in the next week or two. Um, but again, I'll be on Twitch tomorrow, twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com. Uh, you can join me there starting at 10 p.m. Central. I'm doing later Twitch shows for the short term, again, because I'm going to take care of the puppy first before starting the gaming. Uh, so that. Thank you very much uh, for joining me. Make sure to share the videos and everything. Subscribe, like. Get the credit for as well as try and hit a thousand by the end of next month. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>